Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. Up here tonight, I've got a lot of things that I can use to help you uh, in your time of need to keep your blood in your body. I have uh, some Band-Aids, I think. Yeah, a couple of Band-Aids. Um, I have one very, very large triangular bandage. I'm actually kind of curious what this is. Uh, it's non-sterile, but it includes two safety pins in it. Uh, I've got some tape, in case you're just a straight tape kind of person. And then once, once we've got it all uh, in there, some triple antibiotic ointment to make sure you know, none of those bugs get in your body and we can, we can keep your blood healthy and clean. Actually, I hope right now that anybody that's back doing dishes in the kitchen doesn't have any accident because I raided the first aid uh, cabinet in the kitchen. So if anybody comes screaming, tell them I've got all the band-aids up here, okay? Uh, blood, you know, losing your blood is not typically a good thing. Right? Most of us like to keep our blood within our bodies, right? You want to keep your blood where it is. But blood is an amazing part of God's creation, if you really, if you really think about it. I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but, uh, but blood is an amazing thing. You know, it goes all throughout your entire body. And it's the thing that, that carries the nutrients, right, of your food. It carries the, the nutrients of the air, the oxygen, all, all throughout your body to the, to the furthest, most places, right? It, it's within your blood that the white blood cells are there to, to fight off any of those nasty invaders that get inside of your body and try to attack it, bacteria and viruses, right? But it's also within your bloodstream that those things do dwell, and they try to work their way all throughout your body. Blood is an amazing part of God's creation. With blood is life, and without blood there is no life, right? Blood is the, the thing that keeps life going. On these Wednesday evenings at our church here at Saints Peter and Paul, we're focusing on themes from the Old Testament sacrificial system that have been fulfilled through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read that lesson from the book of Hebrews tonight, a, a book from the New Testament which very clearly goes through all this Old Testament stuff and points to its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Now tonight we're, we're emphasizing this concept of blood, and, and blood is one of those things that in the church we sing about it. We praise about blood. We talk about blood. We, we, we sing about it all the time. It's, it's all over the place, right? And I have never once seen anybody get up and walk out of church who is squeamish about blood. And I know some of you sitting in this room are squeamish about blood. If we talk about it or you see it or you cut yourself or somebody else does, now, now somebody's going to walk out probably, right? But it, most, a lot of people get squeamish when thinking or talking about blood. But I've never heard anybody complain when we sing out, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, right? But have you ever thought about this? Why all the blood? Why all the blood? And then even to top it off, when we receive the Lord's Supper, it is the actual, true blood of Jesus Christ that you have in a cup and you are drinking. Mm. Think about it. 
Think about it. Our modern minds, I think, are very good at softening the seriousness of things. We talk about the blood of Jesus, but I think a lot of times it just sort of goes right past us, and we say, that's a nice idea. We talk about the seriousness of sin, but how much do we actually dwell on the reality of what our sin should bring for us? Our modern minds are very good at softening the seriousness of things, and it just goes right past us, and we don't take too much time to ponder the reality of the situation. But imagine if you were participating in this situation from Exodus chapter 24. The writer of Hebrews uh, referred to this event in Exodus 24, and, and let me read it for you. In Exodus 24, it says this, Moses took half of the blood and he put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw it against the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant, and he read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood, and he threw it on the people. <laughs> he threw it on the people, and he said, behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all of these words. They were making a promise to be obedient to God's word. They, God and the people were making a covenant. In the Old Testament, covenants were sealed with blood. Blood was always involved in a covenant. A covenant is a promise. And why blood? Because whoever breaks the covenant, their life should look like this. If you break the covenant, it should be your blood poured out, just like this animal because of your breaking of the covenant. Imagine, imagine a life or a world without band-aids, without tape, without gauze pads. Even more so on a very natural basis, imagine life without platelets in your blood. Platelets are the things that clot your blood. Imagine if there was no ability for your blood to be stopped. Imagine it. Some people deal with situations like this, with health concerns, but imagine if this were the case. What would happen if you got the slightest little nick on your hand? You would bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed, and eventually you would bleed out. Imagine that. Imagine what it would be like if Jesus Christ had not atoned for the sins of the world. One little sin of yours, the smallest little one, would cause an absolute death and punishment for your sins. You'd bleed out. But here's the deal. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus was shed so that this would not be the case. Jesus poured out his blood so that we would not have to. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his blood was poured out on our behalf. He again, as the front of our pulpit indicates, he was that perfect sacrificial lamb that was slain for the sins of the whole world. His blood for ours, his life for ours, his blood given up so that we would not have to give up ours, his life given up so that we would not have to give up ours. 
His blood atones. We're going to talk more about that next week, but it covers, it covers over the sins of the whole world. Those of you who get squeamish around blood, hopefully this last image won't get you running out of here. But I want you to imagine this for a minute. You know, I, I put you back in that Old Testament situation, imagining Moses pouring out his blood on you. Well, you know how blood stains, right? Blood stains. Blood stains. I want you to imagine tonight that this is a blood-stained room. This is a blood-stained altar. These chairs are stained with blood. The walls are stained with blood. Your clothes are stained with blood. You are blood-stained people, but not your own. The blood of Jesus Christ has been poured out. It has been shed. It has been placed upon you in order that your blood can remain within you. His life for yours, his blood for yours. In order for there to be forgiveness, the writer of Hebrews says, blood has to be poured out. Jesus did it for you. He did it for you. You are here tonight as blood-stained people, not with your own, with the blood of Jesus Christ given up willingly for you. And as you go, as you go into this world, you remain that way, stained by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as we enter into this world, in this time of the year, still covered with snow, right? There are other places in the scriptures that say, Lord, our sins are like scarlet. Though they're red like blood, they are what? White as snow, right? White as snow. You go into this world purified by the blood of Jesus Christ, sanctified, redeemed, forgiven. You are forgiven because Jesus gave up his life, his blood for yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.